The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, you hear a little bit of that music, so... uh... When you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Come on, really? You don't have to ask that, am I correct? I mean, most of you out there know that the Ohio State University Buckeyes played last night. So that was, that's what matters to me. And what matters to me is that we showed up and showed out. Damn good game. I'm happy. Buckeyes did what they were expected to do. Now, everybody out there, for some reason or other, I don't even know why I'm going to take the time to address this issue. But really, Mark May, I mean, really, come on, man. I mean, I understand that perhaps maybe what might have happened back in the day, I'm just guessing, because that's all you seem to do is guess a lot of times. I'm guessing that the Buckeyes didn't recruit you in such a way that you felt as if you were one of their top players. Not this, you know, for some reason, I guess there's some ego that's involved because that's the only thing that could possibly, you know, that I could possibly think you would, you know, constantly go against the Buckeyes. I mean, really, Virginia Tech, after all that they did, you know, last year, which was what? Of course, they beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. First game, obviously, Ohio State was, you know, Playing a quarterback that they were didn't plan on playing all spring wasn't a quarterback they planned on playing. Starter obviously Braxton Miller we know was out, and, and so we went in with somebody you know and the chemistry wasn't quite there yet. So somebody came in and caught us at the right time, but then hey all of a sudden they got it right. But come on Mark really, I mean I I know you have a job to do but do your job. Because if you're doing your job and you, you are a seasoned professional, I know, yeah, I can speak a little bit about, you know, I've been out on that field the same time you've been out there. But really, man, be the professional you should be. Be optimistic about evaluating talent and situations and picking who you think would win based upon the abilities of the team, the coaching staff, the environment, all other elements that are involved. And stop this BS. Come on, man. We'll accept it. You know, sometimes teams are just good. And you got to give credit where credit is due. The Ohio State Buckeyes were a better team than Virginia Tech going into that game, and you knew that. We had five, four or five guys that were not going to play that were, you know, real contributors. I mean, after all, I mean, one guy, as I Bolsa, may be the number one pick in the entire NFL draft this year if he comes out and he stays healthy. But come on, man. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's do your job and do it right. You know, you, you, you on, you're on the big boy show. This, you know, you're not on some small time show. And they expect you to, you know, Skip Bayless even will say, okay, this is with my heart. You know, not his head. His heart is with the San Antonio Spurs. 
You know, he, he likes the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. But there are times where, you know, he has to really, you know, speak to his profession. And as a professional, and he does that. Now, if you want him to go with his, his heart, as a homer, he's going to pick his teams all the time. Nobody really picks against your team. You know, you know, it's the home game. You don't care who comes into town. You're looking for upset if your team is not expected to win. But really? Come on, man. Okay, uh, but what matters to me, what matters to me is that the Ohio State University football team got a chance to show what they have this year as opposed to what they had last year, and they did a damn good job. They showed us what they had. After all, uh, uh, Coach said, hey, man, they coming after us. They want to take what we have. They showed up and showed out. That's what they did. <laughs> so, uh, but, but let's, uh, let's continue to talk a little bit about the Buckeyes, if we will. I mean, if you don't mind, I don't, I don't mind, really. The Ohio State University football team, uh, first of all, I I just want to commend the young men because uh, the stage was not too big for them at the moment, at this moment. So, you know, you had to realize there, there there are a few guys, not a lot of guys. We had a lot of returning stars, but a few guys have moved on each year. It is it is a different team. It's a different set of circumstances. Uh, it's, a, it's a different uh, em- environment when you think about the k- trying to create this chemistry now because you got a couple of new people in the lineup. In this case, you got people in the lineup at different positions. And you got all that, you know, many times when a team is successful, it's not always good for them. Not everybody knows how to handle success. For me, that was the biggest factor I was concerned with was how would they handle success? Now, they appeared to be enjoying their success. But to what degree did they enjoy that success was something I was very much concerned about. Very much concerned about. Because sometimes with a winner who is celebrated, the celebration extends far beyond what any of us think about. Because those people who are participating in that celebration, they're only caught up in the moment. They only want to celebrate the moment. But each moment is leading up to another season, and it's taking time. There's only 24 hours in a day. You don't get it. It, don't, it doesn't play over. The next minute is just an evaporation of that day. Because that time is going to evaporate and it'll be on to the next day. Regardless of what second it is, you don't get that second back. You can't push rewind, stop, play, rewind in life. So whatever is on that schedule that has to be done, that you have to get done in order to prepare you for the next year, just think about this. If you think about all the celebrating that you saw the Buckeyes do, and believe me, they shared the success with their fans across the country. But when you think about that, all that time they spent doing that, other teams were preparing to sneak up on them and hit them in the head with a sack of shit. Woody Hayes, 1977, the Ohio State University, first time I ever heard that. That's what everybody else was preparing for. That is what Virginia Tech was preparing to do. Sneak up on the Buckeyes, hit them in the head with a large sack of shit. And get the upset. Come out with the victory. Didn't happen. And I'm so pleased with that. Sometimes it just happens. You just get caught up in the moment. 
Let's also talk about the Buckeyes, how they, the success and the competition that the success created. See, the competition just, last year the competition existed to a degree. But we knew going into spring ball of last football season, Braxton was the starting quarterback. We knew going and approaching the summer before the injury was revealed and the seriousness of the injury, Braxton was the quarterback. So in terms of the competition, there really wasn't this kind of competition that played out over the spring this year. And the reason why it wasn't is because somebody had already been penciled in, inked in, if you will. It was inked in. It was Braxton Miller's two-time Big Ten Player of the Year. It was his position. It wasn't, there was no quarterback controversy. There was no competition. It was his job. But then after he got hurt, JT Bear stepped in there, did an outstanding job. And then 12 Gage stopped in, jumped in when, 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 when Bear got hurt. And look what he did. Then that is what, and won a national championship. Beat Michigan. Went on to beat Wisconsin for the Big Ten championship. And then went out, beat Alabama. And then won a national championship against Oregon. That is what created a quarterback controversy and competition. The level of which all three of those quarterbacks performed. And the fact of the matter is, based upon what we saw last night, you still have three starting quarterbacks on the best team in college football. You have three starting quarterbacks. I think you could have started either one of the three last night and would have gotten the same results. After all, all three of them performed in the position of quarterback and they showed you what skill they had. I wouldn't disagree with my own comment I just made. So now... All that does is what he showed you, what coach showed you last night, what he could, the weapons that he has. I, and I heard somebody say this prior to the start of the game, I myself thought that Urban was going to shock the world and he was going to line Braxton Miller up as a starting quarterback for, for that game last night. That's what I thought would happen. I knew that Braxton would somehow or another find himself in a position where he was in a quarterback's position where the ball was in his hands and he had control of it that he could either run it or pass it or hand it off. I knew we would see some of that last night. We will see what we saw last night is going to be a nightmare for every team in college football that plays Ohio State because you're going to have to prepare for all three quarterbacks. Why wouldn't, if you, were, if you were that man and you had those kinds of weapons, now some people might feel that that is not fair to a quarterback. Hey, he's a quarterback, let him start, let him go in. I've always felt like this. I've always felt, I never understood why there wasn't an element of baseball that was integrated into the system of football. If you got a couple damn good quarterbacks or whatever on your team, that is good, then why can't one person spell another person, give them a little break? After all, especially at the running back position, you know, the running back position is something that we do. The running back position, we will, we will let different running backs come in and give a running back a spell. Back in the day, they didn't do that. 
Now, every now and then, you'll see a running back make a nice little run, and, and the fellas will kind of, you know, give you their hand. You know what it is. They give you that signal to come in and let them get a break. It's okay that somebody cut the situation. We'll have a third down back. Back in the day, we did have if a running back could run the ball well but didn't catch well. You might have somebody else on the team that was a running back that caught well. He would be the third down back, so he would come in in a passing situation. Those things happen. The quarterback was one of the only positions, except on the defensive side of the ball, you would bring in a nickel or you would bring in a down lineman. You, you would spell those linemen. Every now and then you would spell a linebacker. That linebacker, you know, he would come out probably on a passing situation. You would bring in another linebacker. I'm sorry, you would bring in another defensive back to replace a linebacker or another defensive back that perhaps maybe would replace a down lineman. If you have four down linemen, maybe you go with three, you know, or, you know, whatever. But you would bring in another person. The only position that appeared to be somewhat hands off for whatever reason was the quarterback position. I never understood that. I've always felt that you put your best players on the field and you put them in a position to win whenever and however you need to. Whenever in the ball game you need to put them in there to make a play, you got a, you got a player, and this, hey, in this situation I think this person could do something special, put him in there regardless of what position he plays. The Buckeyes have demonstrated that you can do that with a quarterback and still keep the chemistry of the team. Provided you've got the right kind of personnel who are prepared both mentally and physically and understand that team comes above anybody and everybody else in this locker room. It's all about winning. It's all about the Ohio State University Buckeyes. So we're going to take a break. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me? Buckeyes showed up and showed out. The Ohio State University took care of uh, Virginia Tech, just as I anticipated. Sorry that uh, Mark May and, and myself are not on the same page. But uh, then again, you know, what can I say? Um, it's uh, it, it comes a time where a person... Uh, should recognize, acknowledge, and give credit to those who are deserving of it. And uh, and I think they are. And they being the Ohio State Buckeyes, the person that should give them the credit they deserve on a national platform, of course, is Mark May. Uh, let me go on to say a little bit about uh, giving credit where credit is due. Uh, 74 years. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not 74 years old of age. I hope to one day live to be at least 74 years of age and a lot longer. Uh, during that time, I would have got a chance to watch a lot of football. I enjoy watching football when I get a chance. I did not get a chance to see all of this game I am about to talk about. But I will tell you, as I did witness part of the game, uh, I was somewhat impressed. I certainly didn't think that the Temple Owls were intimidated at home by the Penn State Nickney Lions. Uh, Temple just showed up, showed out, played football. Let me say this. It surprised me when I heard that Temple had not beaten Penn State in 74 years. You know, I've spent a good 25 years at least in the city of brotherly love, and I could have swore that at one point in time that uh, that they had beat Penn State. But it certainly, uh, there were times where the games were competitive. There were other times where there were blowouts. But th- this deserves some, you know, hey, let's stop, stick a penny, and let's talk about this. Is, is this something of which we should look at and say that, th- is, this, is this the time, is the Penn State program going down? I mean, really down, I, I don't, because I don't want to say, you know, wow, they lost to Temple. Because, as you know, Temple has produced, you know, some pretty good professional football players. Uh, as a matter of fact, Todd Bowles, who's a, uh, the, the head coach up there now for the New York Jets, if I'm not mistaken, Todd is an alum. I know he is of um, Temple football. They had a couple other good guys come out of there in the secondary, too. And, of course, uh, we know about uh, um you know, the lineman from Penn State who played for the Jets for a, a long time. Um, not Mark Gastineau, but Mark's partner in crime, uh, Klecko. But I, I would just say that I, I think we need to give credit to, to Temple University. I'm not going to say that Penn State's program is on its way down. I want to give Temple credit for being prepared for the, just the What I saw, the plays I saw, they were prepared. When it was time to go after the quarterback, and listen, this is a top-rated quarterback. Now, is it going to affect his draft status? I'm going to say this to you. You know, one thing, there's a couple things in football that I do not understand when it comes to the safety of the quarterback. Um, I don't care 
if it's intentional grounding or what it is. I think that the quarterback, because he is in a position of vulnerability where and there are multiple people approaching him. And at times he's almost in a defenseless position because, you know, when a quarterback throws a ball and he follows through and a line is coming right at him, he pretty much is in a defenseless position. And so, you know, it's like and if he tucks when that line is coming at him, then really he's not giving his, you know, his best to his team because they're going to say, well, why don't you throw the ball? But, you know, there's a penalty for intentional grounding and a penalty, you know, for, again, when the quarterbacks and at the professional level between the tackles, you know, or if he's in the pocket, he throws the ball and he doesn't escape those tackles, uh, that's a penalty too. That, to me, makes no sense whatsoever. It is not to the advantage of a quarterback or an offensive team to throw the ball in the ground. It's an incomplete pass. So if, you, if it were an incomplete pass, that went past the line of scrimmage or an incomplete pass that did not go across the line of scrimmage and it was at somebody's feet, the purpose of the quarterback most of the time doing that is to protect himself from getting hit and getting injured. It's, one, it's the one position on the field where there is a little bit more attention paid to the safety of this individual. I think it's you know, far and beyond anybody else. Why? You know, I think every position is just as important as the quarterback position, but, you know, some people may care to differ about that. But, you know, this is a person that they do everything they possibly can to go out of their way to protect this quarterback. Temple University had no respect for that quarterback yesterday, not at all. And I think it was a couple of days ago. But Temple University, I was so impressed with the amount of pressure that they put on a quarterback. And it's, it's one of these things where as, you know, he, I think you need to get the ball out of your hands and the receivers need to be aware that, okay, we, it, it, you got to make some adjustments to your routes. The ball's coming fast. It's going to be three steps. And listen, in three steps, if the quarterback is accurate with the ball, he is going to get that ball out on time and it's going to be in a position where is either the receiver can catch it or the defensive back can catch it, but it's going to be in the vicinity where somebody can make a play on the ball. The receiver has to become a defender if indeed he knows that the heat is on, the quarterback's trying to get the ball out of his hands, Throw it in a way, in a, in a position in such that the receiver can catch it, but the coverage may be tight. So you're going to have to either make a great offensive play or a great defensive play. One or the other. Turn it to a defensive back or be a, a great receiver. But just because the guy is next to you, I think we've seen enough football to understand. Even in the Ohio State game and a couple other games I saw throughout this weekend, you know, secondary people, It's sometimes it's just... Two great receivers. I remember a young kid, uh, shout out to Dom, um, Dominic Joseph out of Philadelphia. It was a young kid that I saw him play. I went to watch him play, um, and I think Dom got beat for a touchdown. I'm going to say beat for a touchdown because the other guy caught it. Uh, I think it was either two or three times. But Never had I seen a person in a better position to make a play on the ball than he was. 
he had himself in a position whereas if he'd have been his ball skills would have been a little better in terms of playing the ball his head position his hand position those kind of things eye position he would have made those plays but just on his natural ability because i could tell he wasn't quite developed in you know how to go after a ball or locate a ball when it's in the air I knew that this kid had the talent and could play ball. So when his dad asked me what I think about the game, uh, well, we happened to be sitting in the game and happened to be a fan, a heckler, I'm going to call him, in the stands, and this fan was just giving Dom hell. As a matter of fact, so much so that he was hollering and screaming, you know, get him help, get him help. He didn't need help. Damn person in the stands needed help because he didn't understand exactly what football was all about. It was just a matter of Dom making a play on the ball. And somebody should have been talking to him, pulling him aside, said, Dom, you're right there. You're in position. When his hands go up, you know, your hands go up. When his head looks back, when he looks back, you look back. He's running up to him side by side. The guy's putting his hands out. He's catching the ball. He's right there with him, but the guy's looking at the ball, locating the ball, and Dom's not. I told Dom's dad, I said, you know what? That the next time that a scout calls you about your son, I want you to send him, uh, I want you to tell them to make sure that they send him this tape of this game where he got, Three touchdowns were caught on him. Uh, his dad listened to me. He sent the tape. Young man got a full ride to the University of Virginia and uh, had a very, very good career there. Got his education, the most important thing, and, and having and just enjoying life. But um, got a full ride. And so sometimes what I'm saying, the point I want to make is with these quarterbacks, Throw the ball. Give your receiver a chance to make a play. And on the sec- on the defensive side of the ball, you got to make a play. You got to break it up. But th- th- those are the kind. That's when I try to explain to people the difference in college football and professional football is that in college football, there is a distance between receivers and defensive backs. On most passes that are caught, there's a distance. There's more than a stride, you know, he's more than a, a foot away from you. Where you, the next stride, you're right, the next, no, no. They're not side by side. In pro football, it's like when the ball's thrown, it's a matter of inches. And sometimes not even inches, it's, it's, it's they're right next to each other. One man just has a greater will to catch the ball than the other. And I think in the Temple case, that's what these quarterbacks, these quarterbacks at, at the college level got to learn to throw the ball, give your receiver a chance to make a play on the ball. That's what separates the good receivers from the great receivers. They will make a play on the ball and they won't let the other guys make a play on the ball. It'll be an, inter, it'll be an incompletion. It may not be a completion, but it won't be intercepted. And so I think Temple's quarterback could have did, well, not Temple, but Penn State's quarterback could have did a much better, better job of getting the ball out of his hands and trying to let those guys make plays. But that defensive line, that defensive line, that, 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 I'm going to say that entire defense for Temple University won that football game for them. Uh, the offense obviously had to score some points, but I, I'm, I was just so excited to see how aggressive that defense was. And I think if Temple can, continues to play that way, uh, who knows what they could do? They could surprise some people because they certainly, after 74 years, surprised the Nittany Lions. And I'm happy for that university. Temple deserves There's a lot of, you know, bad things said about the university, you know, but Temple's a great university, great education. You get it there at the university. Basketball team's always been doing some great things. Uh, and now the football team has made something special 
for them to talk about for a long time. They beat Penn State. Next year, they got to go up there. The Nittany Lions may be, you know, practicing for them all summer. But I tell you what, can't take this one from the Temple Isles. Congratulations. Uh, and continue with, uh, you know, keep it going now. Don't just stop. Penn State's a great one, but they're not the best. So let's take a break. We'll come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We're going to talk about Tom Brady, Deflate Gate, and bag the Patriots and Cheaters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I, I don't know if it's really football, but it's, 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 it's the business of football. It's, it's Roger Goodell. It's the Players Association. It's just everything they have to do with the game except the game. And it's like... There is business that's related to the game that could affect the game. And, and some of that is the rules of which the game is played and how there is a committee of people that are the overseers to make sure that the rules of the game are not compromised. The rules are basically etched in stone. They have people on the field to carry out the rules of the game and play. They have a committee of people to determine if the rules were indeed compromised in such a way that it deals with the integrity of the game, then that committee steps in. There is... There are, if you will, there are consequences to action during a game, and then there are post-game 
consequences that happen after things have been reviewed and assessed. With that being the case, that's what this deflate gate is all about. This is something that happened post game. It was revealed. It was assessed. It was addressed. And then there was a decision made. That decision went through a process of what they call appeals. Those appeals were such that nobody really wanted to accept, okay, this is what's going to happen finally. Now, again, I I really am a little stuck on this one myself. But I want to go beyond that. I'm going to probably get back to some of that Deflategate stuff. But, you know... I I just want to talk about the fact that what Roger Goodell is, you know, stepping up to discuss, to talk about. Now, it sounds to me that what Roger asked for and what the Players Association basically agreed to was this decision for him to be the person to make the final decision in some type of arbitration. I guess his binding arbitration based upon what he decides. He has the last say so when it comes to discipline and what he says is the end of it. Well, you got to think about it when you're dealing with a lawyer. Okay. It's not necessarily the end. You know, when you say it's the end, you know, that's I, I, I just don't understand that about, you know, once a court makes a decision. The gavel hits the thing, you know, decisions have been made, and then a person has a chance to almost like go back and go to court again. That, that's what the appeal process is. The appeal process is, okay, I, we gave you what the ruling is, but you got a chance to go back and to bring us back into court to see if the ruling we made could be overturned. Wh- wh- why is that? Why can't you get it right the first time? And, and then, you know, let's be on our way. So, obviously, if you've got a guy over here like D. Smith, who's, you know, by the way, I think people should do a little research on on DeMore Smith. You know, that, that, he's one of the smarter men, if you will, out there. And, you know, and just contract law, labor law. I mean, the man is good. The firm he came from, they're very good. Patton Boggs, very, very good. And so... You know, there are people who are criticizing him for what he agreed to and what he went into with his collective bargaining agreement. But you can believe this man knew what he was getting into when he agreed to it. It wasn't like, oh, I gave him some power that I felt as if, you know, I had to give it away in order for us to get what we needed. There was strategy. This man knew what he was doing. He knew what he was giving up and he knew what the law would say. That even if he did give him this final, it's not really final. He understands that. The problem is Roger didn't understand that. You may think you have final, but then there's always the ability to take it to court. And Roger, if I'm not mistaken, the NFL took this to court. Now, some people are saying that, you know, this whole thing is really not about this deflate gate, but it's about spy gate. And now all the trash from Spygate is coming. You know, Pandora's box. This is what people are always concerned about, opening up and finding out some other information. And 
hey, it's it's revealing itself now. It's all out there. Just go to ESPN and read for yourself. But the bottom line is this. Roger Goodell was not bought in to be, well, he was somewhat of a disciplinarian early on. That was a part of his role. But that's not, that's not the role that they bought the man in to focus totally on that. I told you earlier about time. This whole time management thing, it's only so many hours in a day. Roger's job is to build the brand, protect the brand, expand the brand, monetize the brand. That's what Roger's job is. They want Rogers, they being the 32 owners, they want Rogers spending his days and nights increasing the value of their brand. Some of these things that Roger's taken on, he's taken on because he's felt as if they could diminish the value of the brand. So he was there to protect the brand and not compromise it in any such way. But at the same time, it became time consuming, which then took his eye off of the more important job that he has. And that is to increase the value and drive revenue. So what Roger decides is. You know, I might want to, you know, delegate this thing now, this whole thing about, you know, discipline, because it's time consuming. And after all, this is a man who don't get it twisted here. This man makes upwards of 30 plus million dollars. You think they want him to spend time in court about deflate gate and spy gate and we pay you 32 and you in court to defending your position of ruling of, hey, this was wrong, this is the discipline, and you got to spend all your time in court defending that? Oh, no. That's not what they're paying him money for. If you think about this, it's been seven months they've been dealing with this. Seven out of seven. Out of seven. Out of the, the past seven months, he's been dealing with this. What fraction of his time do you think that has taken up and taken away from his ability to continue to increase the value of the brand? Mm, mm, not, 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 not good, Roger. The man's smart enough to realize, you know what? I'm going to bring somebody in, of which he's done. He's brought somebody in. Somebody's going to be a COO, and you deal with that. You deal with the discipline stuff. I'm not going to deal with that. Now, the only problem Roger will have is the fact that, listen, it's the job of the commissioner. So now, Roger, I hear you say that you, you might consider, you know, changing, you know, your job assignment and, you know, you're open to changing your role, but you got to stop and think about it. In the collective bargaining agreement, you're the person, the, the commissioner. I heard D. Smith, he didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't even name Roger by name when he talked about the office of the commissioner. The commissioner. He was, he was, he was, oh, you could hear it. He was adamant the way he, he, he wanted to, he wanted to make sure that he focused on the office of commissioner. You're not going to be able to squirm away from this. This is your job. You're going to have to be, and the only one who could sit down to do this, 
So I, I'm not sure the way Roger, perhaps maybe the consideration that he's having is if he's spot on with this, this might be something else again where Roger may be a little, you know, confused about the role and responsibilities of the commissioner as it pertains to discipline and the collective bargaining agreement. It's the office of the commissioner. I'm not sure he has it. He even has the ability to, to, to assign it to somebody else. I, I don't know. I have to take a look at that. But that is something where if he's trying to free his time up from that, the thing about it is they need to be sure about the consequences of the rulings that they have because if it's something that there's an appeals process and you can go further, you go into court, and it's going to require the time of the commissioner, Roger, that is you. That may be something that you can't delegate. That's what concerns me more than anything else is to really stop and just really somehow, you know, dissect those words, those comments, and notice how DeMore Smith was, was you know, he was, he was careful in the way he chooses, the way he chose the words. You know, he himself addressed Roger as the commissioner. You know, the commissioner said he spoke to Union Chief. The commissioner, that's Roger. That, of course, is Roger. <laughs> so, you know, anytime you see the commissioner and the commissioner, uh, you know, holds the, the, you know, the responsibility of, of deciding and, and making decisions upon and rulings, that, that's Roger. And he, he could be open to changing his role in the process of discipline all he wants to. But remember now, everybody tried to hold this against DeMora Smith as if it was such a bad thing. Demore Smith is now letting them know this is not a bad thing for him. And guess what? That's what we kind of pay him to do down there is, you know, some of this discipline stuff. Oh, we want you doing that. You know, some uh, negotiation. Oh, we want we want you doing that. This is where he's comfortable at. He's a lawyer. That's what they do. They litigate. They, they want to go into court. They don't want to settle out of court. They want to litigate. They want to go into a courtroom. That's where their shot. That's where their battlefield is for a lawyer. His battlefield, her battlefield is in a courtroom. That's their stage. Oh, man, that's their stage. That's where the cameras are there. You see when they got to go in, you see they show up. When they want to try to do a little bit, you know, consider out of court, they, you know, still, okay, we'll show up, get some cameras there too. But I tell you what, Roger may be in some trouble. Okay, I think I got to take a break here, but what we want to do now, it's just, I'm just getting myself ready. It's still preseason for me. Season hasn't started yet. Doesn't start till Thursday. So we're going to talk just a little bit about this season. What do you think about it? There's some things going on, man. Some, I'm a little concerned about some teams out there. You know, i just just not sure. So let's take a break and we'll come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And again, so far, what matters to me, of course, you know that I am a homer. Love the Ohio State Buckeyes. Think they showed up and showed out. Mark May, give it up, man. Just jump on the wagon. But more than anything, give respect when it's due. You're a professional. You know what you see. Tell the truth. And let's move on with it. Speaking of tell the truth, I'm sure uh, a lot of you out there, if you haven't, I hope you do see the trailer out there for uh, the new movie uh, by uh, with starring Will Smith, Concussions. Uh, I talked about that uh, last week on my show. I want to continue to remind you all to look out for that movie when it comes out. It appears there's going to be a very, very good movie. Uh, I'm sure that Roger Goodell is a little bit concerned about that movie, and everybody who's affiliated with the National Football League is uh, interested in seeing how it's played out on screen and um, how it affects uh, or does not affect uh, football as a whole, uh, particularly at the National Football League level. So let's, um, again, going back over a couple of things I talked about a little earlier today. I talked about those Buckeyes, of course. I uh, talked about Temple beating Penn State University. Uh, by the way, my question, is that good for Temple or worse for Penn State? Is it a good thing? Sure, it's a good thing for Temple. How bad is it for Penn State getting beat by Temple? We don't want to take away from, that's what I'm saying, we don't want to take away from the value of the Temple football program. They're not little sisters of the poor. No, they got a very good football program over there. I was so, as I told you, I was surprised that Penn State had beat them 74 years uh, in a row, or it's been 74 years since Penn State beat them. 
but that that was so surprising to me. But anyway, and then of course uh, we spent uh, a lot of time there talking about um, not so much as Tom Brady as we did Roger Goodell and his position. And and again, you know, there's some one of the big boys, you know, websites out there. If you go to ESPN, you can read about it. And you know, just as I said, and and I've always you know said this is that uh, you know I think when it comes to the legality of the business. And once it becomes any of the business becomes something more than PR and it becomes something as a matter of law, the Players Association will win every time. You got a seasoned professional in there and he's got a hell of a lot of resources in there. And then there are people out there outside of the, his old firm uh, that just would love to go up against the NFL. And his firm has such a reputation that they will get only the best. And so whenever it goes in the courtroom, the reason why Roger doesn't want things to go in the courtroom now, because one, it costs a lot of money. Two, it's bad for business. And then three, we already discussed this, didn't we? We already bargained for this. So if you collectively bargained for it, you should be able to handle your own business. The courtrooms are not the place for you to handle your business. So, with that being said and done, now we got a, we got an NFL season coming up, and we, we got a, we got we got games coming up. Everybody needs to be, you know, if if you're coming, you got to be ready for some football now. If you're not ready for some football, then there is certainly something that's that's wrong with you. You should have been waiting. Patriots, Steelers, you haven't been waiting on this one for a long time. Come on, man, really? It, it's it's time for it. And I'm gonna tell you what, um, I just. I have seen the preseason. I've seen Big Ben play. I think Big Ben looks Ben looks sharp. Ben has been, and he's got some receivers out there that are, you know, the chemistry, again, they spend a lot of time together. They've been throwing balls in the offseason. Had some good drives in preseason. A couple times series he was in the game. Uh, to me, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about Pouncey. You know, you know, when you lose a... a a center like that, man, you know, they've, they've already said all, all, everything you could think about in terms of, you know, using any adjectives to describe the type of football player that he is has been used. And very, very, very intelligent man. I'm glad we finally got that word used uh, talking about a football player. And, uh, and he's going to be missed. Uh, but, you know, next man up. Thomas has got a situation on his hands like everybody else has. And next man up when it happens. And so we're, we're, we're going to see uh, what happens. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think it's going to be a good football game. Um, everybody talks about the fact that Tom Brady is going to be, um, Tom Brady's going to be a little upset. The New England Patriots are going to come out. They're going to be a little bit upset. You know, New, the New England Patriots have never been a team where, I, I, you know, Tom does, demonstrate emotion at time. He does play with a chip on his shoulder. He he plays with emotion. But if I've ever seen a person that knows how to channel his energy and his emotions in a game, whenever it's tight, you ne- you know Tom is not animated on the field in the huddle, you know, with his players. He, he very seldom. You, you you the man's been in the league forever. And you probably have to go back and, you know, you know, you're going to find 10 times, which would be one a year. You know, he just he manages things well. 
he manages situations. I, I, I think I think coaches manage games. I think players manage situations. You know, because a coach has a game. They develop a game plan. They basically then, you know, give that game plan for somebody else to execute. So the management of the game really comes from the coach. The execution comes from the players. Tom is able to execute in control. No out of control, no emotions, very calm, very cool, understands the clock. Clock management, I don't think you're going to find anybody better than Tom Brady understanding the clock. You know, it's amazing to me how important in life that the clock is important in so many things that we do. You know, I never really thought about it before, but but the clock is extremely important. Um, but I, I would say this. I would say that Tom Brady has had a chance this, this offseason um, to reflect on his career, to, to really think about, you know, who he is, what he is. Uh, you know, we, we've already talked about his reputation and things of that nature. We're, we're not going to really get into that. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't care about that. But what he does care about is winning. And that's what I'm talking about. I, I think that what only thing in terms of his reflection this offseason was about, hey, guys, I don't want you guys to get, you know, so much distracted that we're not winning. That's because that's really all I care about. I don't care. They can say whatever they want to say. They can put an asterisk next to my name about whatever. I don't care. Did we win or did we lose? Okay, we won. Cool. Because I don't care what happens in life. They're going to talk about you anyway. And so uh, that's what we do. But uh, time against the Steelers, ooh. Man, that, that's just a, that, that, that's just a that's a good one. That's a good. How about how about the way uh, you know they set it up? And uh, there's going to be some good games out there. I mean, I don't care. You know, you look you look at all of them, and and they all look pretty good. I can't think of a bad game really on the schedule. Uh, I, I don't know who I would who I would not want to watch play. Uh, but certainly, you know, I think, you know, the Tom Brady is a good one. How about <laughs> I, I do want to laugh about this because uh, there was a. a I guess on the Twitter handle of the NFL, they had put something out and they'd had the top quarterbacks. And I mean the top quarterbacks, you know, across the board. Maybe it was about five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. Tom Brady was not included. They took that down. I mean, really? Who in the marketing department? How foolish. Now, that see, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that Roger usually, in my mind, is on top of. Because it's his brand. You want to portray, portray your brand in such a way that you're increasing the value of your brand. How are you going to put out your top quarterbacks and you don't have Tom Brady on there because of the Flategate, really? So now what that does, that causes some more distractions, some more controversy, something else you got to talk about. Commissioner, how do you put out a marketing piece and not have the quarterback who just won your Super Bowl last year on it? Well, of course, when you go to ESPN now, uh, you'll see that they have something that's a little bit different. Of course, it includes Tom Brady um, and, of course, Mr. Last Name Wilson and then that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. And um, and I, I'm surprised that piece doesn't even have, you know, Ben on there. But then again, you know, hey, these, I'd say these three guys right here, you know, they are kind of, they set themselves apart. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and then you probably, you know, you would add Ben into that. Uh, but right now, those three guys have kind of set themselves up. Flip a coin. I'll take whoever you give me. But, uh I'll tell you what, it's been, it's been great. Uh, I'm finished practicing. Next week, there'll be no practice. It'll be game time for real. So make sure you tune in.
I guess they say, I got to go. Well, I'm going to go ahead and head out of here. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.